0: Good One is sponsored by Vulture Festival, Vulture.com's annual pop culture extravaganza. Events include Aziz Ansari, Stephen Colbert, Connie Britton, Sarah Jessica Parker, The Carmichael Show, Chelsea Handler, and many more. Vulture Festival will be held in New York City May 20th and 21st. Buy tickets and find more information at VultureFestival.com. Welcome to Good One, Vulture's podcast about jokes and those who write them. I'm your host, Jesse David Fox, and each week I have a comedian, comedy writer, or director on to play and talk about one of their jokes. This is another bonus episode. Remember when I said there was going to be bonus episodes? Well, well, this is one. Also one, because last week we had one, and this is also uh, one. Not only that, but this is our first live episode. This part you're hearing is not live, I should note, but the interview part, which is, you know, the main part of the show. That was recorded live at South by Southwest at TBS's In Search of Pop-Up for their acclaimed comedy, Search Party. I'll have more info about Goodwin's second live show a little later in the podcast. So the guest was one of the stars of Search Party, the human dream that is John Early. John is so nice and thoughtful and funny and charming, and we have a very nice time talking to each other in front of people. The focus of the conversation comes from John's Netflix character special, specifically the wedding series of sketches that ran throughout. What we'll be playing is the thrilling conclusion in which John, playing a person with the same name and backstory as himself, gives a toast. A lot of John's performance is in his facial expressions, so I suggest watching it on Netflix when you have the chance. But until then, just know that throughout all of it, John's friends are rolling their eyes. So get ready to roll your own eyes, and roll open your ears, and roll open your heart, and listen to John early.
1: Settle down. Um. Um, hmm. I'm sorry, why is this hard? You know, you're a performer, John. (sighs) Maybe when it's more real, it's harder to perform. So, wow. (laughs) It is so nice to be here with some of my closest friends. Truly, thank you, Um, for me, uh, for Mahan, and our parents. I'm sorry, my parents. Um, New York is my home, and sometimes, you know, LA. I do go back and forth for business. Um, But I never feel more at home than when I'm upstate. I mean, look around, look around. You'll notice the decor is spontaneous, it's random, it all came together, you No, know, it's organic. Kind of like how we all came together. Is that ringing a bell for anyone? Um, when I came to New York City with a dream and a suitcase, I didn't even know I was gay. <laughs> you okay? And then I met Mahan and that changed for me. Um, <clears throat> Sorry. Mahan and I made a promise that we would not get married until everyone in this glorious, and I'm not afraid to say a fucked up nation could. Oh,
0: sorry, did you have white or
1: red? No, just sit down. No, Caroline's got it. <laughs> Thank you, Caroline. You know, and here we are post-ruling, and I am so thrilled, <laughs> so thrilled, I am beyond thrilled to share this moment with all little boys and all little girls across this nation who are going, why does that feel funny? You know, what's that movement down there? You know, because I remember being in middle school, I remember being young, you know, I remember looking at my teachers, male teachers, you know, with their khaki pants and like their dicks swinging back over, you know? And thinking, I want that like that's, that is what I want. And you experiment. You experiment. I mean, I remember being young and you know, playing doctor. You know, you play kids play doctor. And I mean, I remember like mom, you walking in on some very compromising situations.
0: I'm sure I, I don't. It's funny, you...
1: um. But yeah, there are times like that where it gets really serious. And I'm like, did I just lose my virginity? I'm seven, you know, I don't know. Um, and I buried that feeling as deep as I can, you know.
2: I'm sorry, mama.
1: And you better believe it has come up and now it's ugly head is rip roaring out of my soul. And it's saying, I love you, Mahan," But now I stand before you guys fully gay. And Mahan, to my right, y'all's left, uh, is also fully gay, and we are surprise, surprise, gay together. <laughs> Jana, Oops. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Do you want to share with the class what you said just now? <laughs> mm. Anyway, all I'm saying is. So why would she pour unless you had sipped during the toast? For those of you who have full glasses, let's raise them up. Here, Here we, go. we go. Here we
2: go. Excuse me. John is many things to me. He's a friend. He's my (laughs) fiancé.
0: He's
2: he's so funny, (laughs) a comedian, an actor. Comedian, Um, and now um, he will be my husband. I never felt I would be able to say that about anyone, and I hated that part of me so much and uh, it was always painful, but right now with you guys here, um, it's so beautiful um and for the first time in my life, I feel free. Oh my god! What's wrong? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I think. Are you hot? Are you hot? Uh, I'm fine, but i really hot. You should. Hot. If you're fine, good. Okay. That's all I care about. Yeah. When we first met, um, it was like in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I had never before that felt. Oh my god, oh, oh my god. Okay, okay. Let's get you some wrong. food. Like, yeah, Thanks you. Thank you so much.
1: There you go. i am already found a little food's gonna help. Oh my god, is that um see the Ethiopian flatbread you communally share and everyone? Pass around the Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> oh my
2: god! god. Oh
1: my god. Oh my god. Oh how long was I out? You weren't out. I was out. I was in a full dream state for three seconds, Dad. John, I think I'm fine. I'm, I'm oh okay. Yeah. Is the
0: I'm, can lay down? Um, yeah, in my manager's office.
1: No, 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 no no, 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 There's guys. Sorry, no. You guys, don't worry about it. You guys have the nine off, you've been working all day. Oh, oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> this is embarrassing. Oh my god! No, no, I'm fine, I'm fine. I just do need to, I should probably go. Oh, okay, I love you all. I'm gonna call 911. Here, have some water. Okay, John, 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 I need you to wake up, okay? John,
2: John, John.
0: The man behind said scene, Mr. John Early. Thank you. So it's been a year since this came out, and how long yes. ago did you shoot it? Like a year and a half ago. So what is it like seeing it anew? It's hard.
1: <laughs> um, no, it's actually, it's really nice seeing it. It's so funny how, like, I mean, obviously I think the pressure's on it as I'm watching it with an audience, but I am like, wow, that's long. And that's the joke is that I'm hijacking the room, obviously, for, like, 12 minutes. But it is so crazy. Like, I remember editing it and being, like, and having to cut so much stuff and being like,
0: fuck, and being like, this is too short. And and now I feel insane. I've, it's so long. Um, so I've heard you talk about it in your stand-up, but, you know, when you are deciding to write this piece, what was your feeling about gay marriage? Um... Uh, my feeling, well, that that's it is kind
1: of a fear that I have about the whole special is that people think I'm shitting on gay marriage, um, which is not hard to interpret from watching this, um, but it was more of an accidental thing. Like when I the first draft of the special, all the runner was all going to take place at an apartment party, and the big announcement at the end was going to be I'm moving to L.A. and no one was going to care, and then I was going to fake faint to get (laughs) the attention back and um and then when we i turned in a second draft with that and then the marriage ruling happened and i was like oh my god like it would be so stupid for me not to like raise the stakes and put it at a wedding and um or a rehearsal dinner but so it was it was it was the intention behind that was literally just to make the whole special more impactful and high stakes so it wasn't just like felt I didn't want people to watch it and think they were watching girls, you know, like, <laughs> and in a Brooklyn apartment, you yeah. know. So I was excited for the opportunity to, like, make it visually more interesting and also bring in, like, older people, parents, you know, so it's not just uniform people in their fucking 20s. So, so but, but then I got super scared that, like, people would think I was just shitting all over gay marriage, but it was more... Well, I guess, hmm. I think it's just so funny when... You know, fighting the, the in the fight for equality, you end up just doing what street people do. <laughs> like, it, it's so funny to me that... Okay, let me go back. <laughs> I think weddings are just so funny to me, period. Okay? And so... I guess I'm actually just comedically thrilled about gay marriage because then it gives it opens up the door for me to make fun of gay weddings and and which gives me the opportunity to make fun of weddings in general. I think weddings are so insane. One of the privileges of being gay and that uh, and for years that not being allowed to us is being able to sit back on the sidelines and watch straight people get married. And be like what you know, like watch like watch people, you know, force a group of people watch them, like, read their vows to each other? Like, that is insane. Like, that's private. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. So do you think of it... That was not a good answer, but... I think it was. I mean, look. (laughs) I'm going to interrupt you again. Sure. Very much like the character, but I... I am pro-gay marriage. (laughs) I am very much pro-gay marriage. I was thrilled about it. What was happening at the time that I found so weird was there were all these... Horrible instances of, you know, police brutality. People, black people, getting murdered by police, and then like the police going completely free. And there was so much uproar about that. And then the White House was like, "Gay marriage for everyone." And then everyone was like, "Ah!" You know, and it just felt like a really good PR move by our government to be like, "We're doing something for human rights in this time that people are um, horrified." By human rights violations, so it felt very hypocritical and strange to like fully celebrate it as this human rights victory, and a lot of that made it into the special with like his like him having this kind of perfect hyper liberal Rachel getting married wedding, like super diverse, like curated within an inch of its life, and then he can't keep racial tension out of it, <laughs> which is not clear in this clip, but that's in the rest of the special.
0: Yeah. Do you think of it, I mean, you mentioned you find weddings funny and also gay weddings funny. Do you think of it first as you're writing a sketch about what a gay wedding would be like? Or do you think of it just like a wedding sketch and you're playing a gay character?
1: Um, I didn't think much about it. I was just mostly excited to, I, that's just my favorite mode to be in comedically is like someone who's just like wants to be in control of every single moment, you know? And um and, and, and trying to, the, the whole point of having a party is for everyone to have a good time and for everyone to talk and, and feel warm. And he's just completely preventing that from happening at every turn. So that was more just like, this is a perfect setup, comedically. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <Sure. laughs> That's
0: fine. Um, I've heard you talk about how it's difficult for gay people to make art about themselves. Yeah. What pitfalls do you think, think people fall into, and how did you avoid it? Good question, Jesse. Hey, thanks. Uh, well, I think
1: it's hard for gay people to make art about themselves because, and this has been hard for me, it's like, I'm gay. Um, the, uh, it, I think people, gay people like art with women in it because it takes sexuality completely out of the equation. You just get to worship. It's, a, it's such an easy transaction. It's just like, I worship you. And, uh, and then gay people, when they see a gay person on stage or on screen, they're like, oh no, 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 no. Cause like sexuality creeps in and they're like, what do I do with you? Should I worship you? I want to fuck you. I don't want to fuck you. It's like, you know, so it just complicates things. And, um, yeah, I think the pitfall would have been to make eating out 14 (laughs) for those of you who aren't familiar with the eating out series. That's a, um, it's like a straight to video like softcore porn comedic barely comedic mink stole isn't it um anyway then the other side of the it beyond like eating out there's also the kind of like hypernaturalism like gay guys who like are like cool and not faggy and like not threatening and they're just kind of like dating and they're like they like are lost yeah and like i that is something i never want to do i never ever want to be a part of something like that Oh God, I'm just, why am I saying this? But yeah, so the, the pitfalls would have been to make something I think super sincere about like a gay guy who like wants to get married but the society won't let him, you know. So I avoided that by being um, perhaps a little juvenile and like nasty and annoying and grating.
0: You know, partly because the acting is so good if uh improvised. Yes. How much of it is or isn't?
1: This scene was the most improvised of the whole special just because it was a toast so I could, and they really let me do a million takes of this. And this is the last thing we shot and it was like 11 o'clock at night and like poor Deborah Monk, theater legend Deborah Monk was like being a good sport and sticking around. And um, so
0: their frustration was maybe jammed. It was real. <laughs> um,
1: but they let me just do, yeah, they let me go for like 20 minute takes and we did like seven of them. And I just got to say whatever I wanted. So this, this, and it was therefore impossible to edit. But yeah, this is like, I t- I've taken bits from my stand-up and I've taken bits from other videos I've made. And, but a lot, most of what made it in this is improvised.
0: In terms of shooting it, how much was, especially with production design, basically just planning your own wedding?
1: <laughs> that's such a good question. Oh my God, that's so funny. It, yeah, it was basically that. It's so funny. I, I am the thing I parody, too. Like, I do genuinely love upstate New York. I love upstate, and I talk about it all the time, and I talk about, like, places that aren't technically upstate that feel like upstate. Like, there's parts of L.A. where I'm like, it's upstate, right? <laughs> like, I'm I'm such a fucking joke. But I, I was, like, very... There was such a good production designer, Alan Lampert, who just really got it like because a lesser production designer would have just done like mason jars and like edison bulbs and like an antler you know like and he really got that it needed to have kind of like a the rachel getting married feel of like it was just much more subtle and he brought in like different cultural references like that made that like so it was like aggressively multicultural
0: he did a great job you mentioned that this is also kind of who you are so you know, who are you playing? This is John, a comedian and actor. Right. You? So who is this person? Is this person you? Um, no, there are definitely
1: parts of me in it, but I I'm, I'm, don't think I am that much of a monster. I think it, it comes down to, like, I used to always want to play women. I used to always want to do sketches where I played women. I was very much inspired by Divine's career, and I was, I was always, like, so obsessed with this idea of, like, what would Divine's career look like now? With like the way film has evolved. You know, like what like what would it be like if I played a woman and I was like this close to writing a movie that was the movie thirteen, but it was me? Like I was like, I'm gonna play a teenage girl in like a hyper naturalistic like movie about a, like about like a bunch of girlfriends like do coke and punch each other. <laughs> <laughs> I was this close to doing that to not to doing it, but to writing that. Yeah. And then I was like, this is insane. I was like you need, like, what are you doing? Like, what, like, also, I was just getting exhausting. Like, I was doing these sketches online where I was, like, buying, like, very expensive lace front wigs, and, like, it was getting like, too, just logistically impossible. So I was just like, what, it, what do I, what is it comedically if I just look like me? And then I was immediately like, oh my God, I am a handsome white man. <laughs> you know, I was like, an, I'm like an Aryan god. So I was like, well, great, I don't want to see that person on camera. So the only option was to make that person a monster. And like and that's how this came to be is like I just started making videos where I just looked like myself and I was a monster.
0: And like, yeah. Sorry to interrupt the show, but remember when I said I'd have more info about a second live episode of Good One a little later in the show? Well, a little later in the show is now. And here it is. I will be recording a live episode of Good One at this year's Vulture Festival with Drumroll. Not not with Drumroll. That that's not the name of a comedian. Though it, it sounds like the name of a comedian, like a like a hack 80s catchphrase comedian named Dan Drumroll Williams, who always says drumroll before his punchlines. Uh, anyway, so so my guest will be a real comedian, Bill Burr. I know, Bill Burr. We'll be talking about F is for family and his stand up and you know, being Bill Burr. It should be good and will happen on May twenty first. Tickets are still available for my Pajama Brunch interview with Playing House's Lena Parham and Jessica St. Clair, as well as other exciting events like The Carmichael Show, and interview with Anthony Tabnick in character as Donald Trump, Stephen Colbert talking with Frank Rich, and more. Again, go to VultureFestival.com for tickets and more information. I'll see you there, and now back to John Early. I was wondering if we can do this, like, inside the actor studio style, and can I speak with John for a moment? This John? Yes. Okay, yes, yes. So, how was your wedding? (laughs) How was your wedding, John? (laughs) Sorry, what? I wasn't listening. Uh, How was your wedding? It was amazing. (laughs) I legally can't talk about it, but it was amazing. And how are you and Mahan doing now? We're good. (laughs) You can't talk about it? All right, cool. That's Thank the end that segment. <laughs> Thank you. So this character versus the characters where you are wearing wigs that are throughout mm. the special, do you feel like you play them in similar ways? Those other characters? Yeah, and this.
1: Yeah, I mean, basically, the goal was just, like, with this special was, like, what are my favorite, most comfortable comedic zones to be in? And, like, this is one of them, which is, like, Hawkeye, like... Person who's trying to control everything, you know. And then like Vicky, who's like my southern character, who like I love being like she's like the opposite. She's like free and funny, and like she knows how to kill and she's like relaxed. And then Jason, who's like dumb youth pastor, he's like, I love to I love to do straight, like just super, super dumb puppy, you know. And then I love like the shivering girl in the rain. I don't know her name, but she's like a Nev Campbell, basically yeah. <laughs> she I just love to do like Nev Campbell impressions, <laughs> yes, yeah, so, I mean that I do i i I had a similar approach with all of them in that I just wanted to make sure I was in my sweet spot because it was such a huge opportunity yeah. to do this. so I was like, if I'm gonna do a thirty minute special, i better i make I better be in the in the most comfortable place because we had no time to shoot it
0: so uh, rewatching this and with the runner and Vicky... I was reminded of, like I think it's a RuPaul quote, where you're born naked and then the rest is drag. Yep. And so I feel like for you, your your space space is to play either performance kind of broadly or people who are performing. Yeah. I wanted to uh, talk about your feeling about performance yeah. as kind of a social concept.
1: Yes, OK, Judith Butler. <laughs> I, well, yeah, I'm obsessed with performance, I think, because my parents are ministers. <laughs> Uh, like, or they—they're not—they don't do it anymore. But they did when I was a kid, and um, I spent a lot of time like w- going to southern states, watching them preach, and being like, "What the hell is going on?" Like, that's the person who like I know very well, yeah. and I'm watching them in this like heightened performance, you know, and uh, that was interesting to me. And then also, I think as a gay person, you just become in, you just before you know it, you're like, I'm trapped in a performance. (laughs) Like before you know what's going on, you're like in a very fractured. You have a very fractured understanding of what it means to be authentic. I think I've just always naturally been interested in that. And yeah, I think all the stuff I love, like my favorite TV shows and stuff, it's or my favorite comedic performances are usually about people who are kind of performing themselves. And then the way that we see who they really are is in like the way that performance fails. Yeah. And I also just think that's more true to life. I'm not interested in fucking like confessional, like, first all, I just don't think it's real. I think people think what's real and like raw and vulnerable on screen is usually like the easiest way to describe it is like crying in movies. When people cry in real life, they're so embarrassed that they're crying <laughs> and they're trying to stop themselves from crying and they're like hiding it and they're wiping away their tears or they just leave or they don't cry, they push it down so many actors, when they cry on camera, they're like, and here's a tear, and I've got it, and watch it roll. You know, it's like, it's like that's, that's not real. But we overvalue, like, vulnerability in film. And so, like, p- the people who, like, can cry, and, like, <laughs> you know, and it's flowing, the Meryl Streep's, you know, it's like, we're like, ah! But I've always been more interested in the people who, like, play the covering it up. That's funnier, and that's what I know about life, yeah. is that everyone's trying to hide shit.
0: In the in your in five, five Five Five, you cry. Yes. And for how would you Five Five Five, the Vimeo series, no one's watching. Until now, now they all go <laughs> yeah. out and watch it. But you cry in that. So, and, yes. and I think there is something to the other side of it is playing performers and actors. They are inherently overly dramatic. So yes. Comedically, it's just yes. Nice for you. Yeah. Totally, it's so fun. The the other thing, and you mentioned it throughout. So, uh, for those who haven't seen it throughout there's essentially four of these scenes and a a heavy part of it is there's a black waitress and you learn halfway through that the the house used to be owned by a slave owner in the north yeah so then you feel bad and won't let her work anymore (laughs) yes you start cutting the vegetables and and as you see there she's just sitting for dinner what do you kind of find funny about what we'd call performative liberalness um
1: what's so interesting because like I guess maybe I was about to say like now's not the time to make fun of like liberalness. It's like infighting is killing us, or maybe it is. Maybe it's like definitely the time to be critical of liberalness. I think I think it's the latter. But um, I yeah I think it's what do I find funny about that? Well, you know I I feel like for the most part most people don't choose their political affiliation. Most people are born into a hype, like. A Republican or Democratic family and a lot of us hope eventually maybe reject or question that but most of us just stay in line I feel very fortunate to have been born among Of very liberal uh, parents But it is it's I guess I guess what's funny to me is this idea that like I mean, I absolutely think liberalism is the better path (laughs) Absolutely, okay, but but it is funny to to be a liberal in this day and age and to uh, as if I chose it. I didn't choose it. I'm not like, you know, it's, it's yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's privilege. It's, it's actually a privilege to be a liberal for the most part, I think. It's usually like, so that it's, it's funny to talk about it like it's something that you ar- arose at, na- arrived at earned naturally, it. or you yeah. earned it. Yeah. When Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> cool. Another version of sort of this performance uh, on Search Party you play a, a spoiler alert of uh, a liar, yes, and a fraud, yes, uh, and now towards the end of the season, a, a very a person with a very big secret, yes. How is that? How is that?
1: So fun. It was so fun. It was like definitely an extension of this kind of energy. And uh, I, what I like about Elliot is like as opposed to this, is there is a part of Elliot that also like is able to just like relax. Like, this guy is so much less confident in his lying. He's a very bold liar, but he's like so panicked. Elliot is like, he's just like lies. And he like, he's just like owns his lying. And he can get in a kind of manic presentational mode for sure. But when he's like around his friends, he's just kind of like. And like, and yeah, and it, he's not like morally like sound <laughs> but he's also not morally concerned which is like sometimes if you're and i feel like the other characters are very like hyper focused on their kind of moral journey and he's like you look like idiots like come to my side yeah. i don't know i find that very cool
0: <laughs> so that sound means it's time for the laughing round. so it's like a lightning round book because it's con. the laughing it's laughing round. i love that so, uh, multiple times when I've ran into you, you were either going to or just had a dinner party. <laughs> which is true. It's uh, true. So, if you could throw a dream dinner party with yeah. any four to six comedians living or dead, <sighs> who would they be and what would you make? Okay. Wow. Well, uh, okay. Here we go. I'm just gonna, Yeah, this is easy.
1: John Waters, Divine, Lisa Kudrow, Laura Dern... Amy Sedaris. I have one more. Jennifer Saunders.
0: And then what would you make?
1: I would make a cacio e pepe <laughs> bucatini. Mhm. And I would make some sort of like that would be the main event and then I'd so to counterbalance that I'd make some sort of acidic simple like butter lettuce with like a champagne citrusy vinaigrette. Like a Dijon. Mhm. Do you like these details? And then and then, you know, we'd have a great, we'd have a penicillin as the house cocktail. So lemon, ginger, honey, a smoky scotch. And then a simple, like honestly, a berry cobbler for a dessert with Hagen dazs vanilla ice cream on top. Yeah, that's, that's
0: the correct answer.
1: And I'm single. Can you believe I can cook all of that and no one cares?
0: <laughs> so I've seen you just stand up uh, multiple times. And one thing that I'm always impressed by is, your ability to name check NYU specifics <laughs> um, so I, I got my stopwatch out okay I wanted to see how many NYU dorms you could name in 15 seconds okay and go Reuben Hayden
1: 13th Street Third North Alumni hall you five seconds University school
0: <laughs> that's not the that last one wasn't real and that's time okay um what is another comedian's joke that you've seen that you're like if no one would notice i would steal this joke wow it would probably be
1: (laughs) jacqueline novak has such a genius joke about reincarnation that is so it's so funny it would always be a jacqueline novak joke by the way she has a joke about reincarnation how like funny it is it's so brutal reincarnation that you like spend your entire life trying to get on johnny carson (laughs) and then you die and then you're immediately coming out of the jackal's vagina (laughs) (laughs) just like you're just like immediately birthed in like the fucking worst conditions on earth like the desert and you're an, an ugly animal who can't talk but like prior to that you were trying so hard to get on johnny carson i think that
0: is genius so you're known for your legendary Britney Spears impression? Thank you. I was wondering, uh, you can probably do it even without one word, but how would you do it if you only had one word to do it in? Easy. Ready? Yeah. Uh. <laughs> so, and, and then uh, this will be the last question. What okay. is your next legendary impression? <laughs> After
1: Britney? After Britney. Easy. It's Tony Collette in the sixth sense. Not Tony Collette in general. I can't do her in general. <laughs> It's just her performances, which I think sure. is very appropriate to our conversation. But her in the sixth sense, it's when she's in the car with Haley Joel Osment and, and he's like, she's the mom. And he's like, um, I spoke to grandma and... Wait, do you want to do it? Do you, wanna, you be Haley Joel Osment, so say, I spoke to grandma and you came to her funeral and asked yeah, her a yeah. question, what did, what did you ask? Oh no, and the answer is everything. Do you remember all that? <laughs> no. Okay, you, you I, mime it and I'll speak. Okay, ready? Mom, I spoke to grandma. She said you came to her funeral and you asked her a question and the answer is every day. What did you ask her? No, I'm Tony Collette. I asked her, do I make her proud?
0: Thank you. John Early. So Thank good, you guys. Search Party, TBS.com, Good One Podcast, Podcast Places. John Early, Jesse David Fox, you guys have a good day. Thank you. That's it for this week's episode of Good One. John Early's character special is available on Netflix. You can also catch up on Search Party on TBS.com. Follow him on Twitter, at Bajonce. Good One is produced by Jordan Bell. Special thanks to the production team at the In Search of Pop-Up for their production help. Justin D. Wright did our theme song. Write a review and rate the show on iTunes. Five stars, please. Email any comments, questions, or laughing around suggestions to goodonepodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. I am Jesse David Fox, and you can follow me at jessedavidfox. Have a good one.